Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining me tonight on episode 16, season one of The Standoff with Brad and Sanj here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Unfortunately, Sanj is unable to join us for personal reasons tonight, and he sends his apologies, so it means I'm riding solo. It was a disappointing week for some teams that are now out of the playoff race, but I'm going to look forward to talking about it. Now, while we're live here on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., you can also catch us on our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a wrap-up of Round 18, a preview of Round 19, and news on Rugby League from around the world, including the women's game. So tune in and get your Rugby League news, and let's get into the top news stories. So my first story this week is Adam Fanua Blake has actually requested a release from his contract with Manly, citing a desire to relocate out of Sydney with his young family. Um, he's been this year. He was declared by his peers as one of the top props in the NRL, and will have many suitors. And the Warriors have actually been rumoured as a contender for a signature, um, and what I think would be a great signing. And Warriors are one of the teams outside of Sydney that actually have. Uh, the cap room to make make way for him so it's kind of a watch the space at the moment because the news came out basically this morning so it'd be interesting to see where he goes but he'll be a welcome addition to any side so uh yeah hopefully we have some more news on that next week next up on the uh the news here is the state of origin venues have been announced um we've got game one is on the 4th of november at the adelaide oval Game two is at ANZ Stadium in Sydney. And then game three is on the 18th of November in Suncorp Stadium. Uh, The Women's State of Origin has also been announced on the 13th of November at Sunshine Coast Stadium. So it's good to see some um, venues all named up and should be some good games in November. All going to be on Sky Sport in New Zealand. And um, it's going to be an interesting situation because the State of Origin teams, I think they're going to have a team list of 30 players and they're going to go into their own individual bubble uh, much like we're seeing with the NRL now and um, be interesting to see if any teams decide that or any players sorry decide to go 
and pull out of origin it's such a, a big game so i don't see too many doing it but there's been rumors that some players aren't interested in extending their stay away from their families um but yeah looking forward to some state of origin hopefully my queensland team can get over sanja's new south wales this year um also on the news front we've got um interviews starting this week for the brisbane broncos head coach role um still seems to be between kevin walters and paul green and Broncos captain Alex Glenn's actually come out this week and said he wants a seat at the table so he can voice his opinion and the opinion of the players on who they think should take the role. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, it depends who you talk to on who's going to get it. There's a lot of people angling for Walters, and there's a lot of people that expect it to be Paul Green. Um, I don't think there's going to be any Smokies outside of those two. And it would just be interesting to see how long the Broncos take to make that decision because uh, there's, as we'll talk about later on, there's a lot of work to be done with Brisbane before they can even um, be seen as a, a playoff contender again. So um, whoever gets the job, it's going to be a big task. And then lastly, my last bit of the news is a little bit of a random one. Teenage sensation Joseph Suyala, who we talked about uh, probably about a month ago, uh, the 17-year-old, he's actually been um, courted by the Rabbitohs and looked to have his deal across the line, but he's actually started requesting some remarkable demands in his contract. He wants a five-year deal with the Rabbitohs, so that would end in 2025, but I've got here he wants get-out clauses in his favour for 2022, 2023, and 2024. Um crazy situation for an untested player and i don't really see the rabbitos bending their will to a guy that hasn't been tested yet and yep sorry simon yes state of origin is still going to be on wednesday nights as usual um so yeah it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this youngster he is a very good talent but it's a crazy deal to make for someone who hasn't actually played first grade yet So that's really all I have for the news this week. Um, hopefully we, we have some updates on those news beats for next uh, next episode, but I'll get into round 18. I was going to say, it, interesting one there, because we uh, Sonny Bill Williams springs to mind as a person who did a long-term a long -term interview with no get-out clauses um, as a young guy. So clearly some people have uh, learned a bit from that and that actually yeah, you need get-out clauses as well. So yeah, in interesting that. Yeah, definitely. It's um, yeah, it's it's a smart idea for a player in case um, you get like put into a long term contract and realize you could probably get a bit more money elsewhere if you've proved to be worth it. But um, yeah, it's a bit unusual for a player that hasn't actually played yet to kind of demand that. Absolutely. And um, just a, a side thing. Thank you very much, Jordan Clark, for the five dollar super chat over there on um, on YouTube, uh, folks. If you uh, uh, if you are on YouTube, yeah, you can do the super chat. Um, if you're uh, uh, if you're if you're not on YouTube, then you can head over to our faith on our, our um, uh, so website, New Zealand. Uh, sorry, NZ Sport Radio, and you can do it with five dollar uh, PayPal coffees on there as well. So, thank you very much, Jordan. Yeah, cheers, Jordan. Okay, so we'll get into the round eighteen wrap up here. We've got Thursday night's game, which was the Rabbitohs defeating the Tigers twenty six to twenty four. Um, obviously there's been a lot of news in the media and on the show about Benji Marshall being shown the door at the end of the season. And to be honest, in this match, um, I think he was the standout for the Tigers. Um, 
he had some serious, he had quite a few individual pieces of brilliance. It just wasn't enough to beat the, the Rabbitohs. Unfortunately, the game was marred by three Simbins. Alex Twal um, was Simbin first for a professional foul, and then Luke Brooks and Dane Gagai got sent to the bin for starting a fight. Um, so it was a really good game and disappointed to see that happen. Um, but really the difference, I think, for this game was Damien Cook's influence for the Rabbitohs. He was causing plenty of havoc in the middle, and the Rabbitohs, um, because of that, Rabbitohs shot out to a 20-0 lead. Um, but just like last week, the Rabbitohs took their foot off the gas and it almost cost them this week. Um, there's a lot they need to work on if they want to um, get that top four spot that everyone's fighting for. Um, they're still The Rabbitohs are still their own biggest enemies, making plenty of errors. So um, Wayne Bennett's going to have to, I don't know, put glue on their hands or something to make sure they hold on to the ball. Um, but on the... On the um, Tigers side of things we need to um I think you have to praise the fight they're showing um I think with a lot of um the backstage noise about players not being happy and performances not going their way um it's one of the other one many teams this year that could have just dropped their heads and fallen away so it's good to see fight and I'm sure the fans are going to be hoping for more of that in the final two rounds and hopefully lead their way into being a bit better for next season. Friday night's first game was the Manly Seagulls defeating the Bulldogs 32-20. to um, Story seems to be every week for Manly um, about injuries, but they had another one with Cade Cuss, expected to miss the rest of the season, which is only two games with a high ankle sprain. Uh, Manly trailed 10-0, um, but then scored four tries in 13 minutes on either side of the half. And... Um, charged their way back into the match and never looked back really. Morgan Harper, who was actually with the Bulldogs at the beginning of the year and left to join Manly in July, um, had a fantastic showing against his former club, scoring two tries and running for over 214 metres. Um, Dale Cherry Evans steered the ship, I think, for Manly, um, orchestrating quite a good attack and really showed how dangerous Manly could be if they had a healthy roster. Um Unfortunately, luck wasn't on their side for that this year, but it shows that they are a genuine playoff contender once they've got everyone back next season. Um, Jaden Ockenbur played his first match for the Bulldogs after getting his contract reinstated after it got tore up earlier in the year. And um, he actually scored a late try for the Bulldogs, so good to see him um, come back and have a little bit of a input on the game. And hopefully he's let his um, Mr. Demers go learn a bit of a lesson and will be a better player for it. Unfortunately for the Bulldogs, um, they just don't have what it takes right now and look likely to um, end the season with the wooden spoon. They've shown plenty of heart, which you can take um, a lot of pride in, but it's another another role for Trent Barrett as the new coach, um, and he's going to have a massive job ahead of him fixing that club next season. The, the second game on Friday was the Panthers defeating the Eels 20-2. Um, it's just another round, another Panthers win. Um, they look hard to beat right now, and they're still my my pick to take top honors this year. Um, everyone watching, if you want to comment who you think is going to win the premiership, do you th agree with me and think it's Penrith, or do you think someone else is going to do it? like to know what you're thinking there. Um for the Panthers, though, Nathan Cleary controlled the match well and had a fantastic backup 
in um, fullback Dylan Edwards. It was probably his best outing of the year, running for over 300 metres. And um, there was a lot of talk about him potentially not being um, not being the um, the ideal fullback, but he seems to be fitting into that quite well. And um, the Eels, despite the scoreline, they showed some desperate defence and kept themselves in the match in the first half at least. The Panthers had 61% in that first half and uh, they were able to scramble and stop quite a few scoring opportunities from Penrith. So um, it's good for them for that defence in the middle. They struggled on attack and um, their biggest concern is their edge defence. Uh, it's something that we spoke on before the Warriors clashed with them, that that's really a target. And that's what the Panthers did. They just went down the edges and caused havoc. And um, if Parramatta don't know how to fix that anytime soon, I don't see them getting out of the first week of the playoffs. So um, a lot of work for the Eels to do. And the Panthers, really, it's just all steam ahead. And um, it's, yeah, I don't know if anyone in the NRL right now can stop their winning streak. I see Simon there. Panthers or Roosters, Jordan? Yeah, I think that's probably probably spot on. Um, Melbourne, Melbourne as well. They're probably really the only three um, I would put money on. Um, I already put money on the Panthers a while back, so I'm still hoping for them. But, yeah, it's um, really they're the cream and everyone else is kind of just playing for second place, I think. Saturday's first game, um, the Raiders defeated the Dragons 37-8. to um, Hudson Young, I thought, had a career-best performance, scoring a try and setting up another for John Bateman. He also ran for 196 metres. I think it's been a great turnaround for the young player. He um, famously missed the grand final last year for on suspension for his second eye-gouging charge in a season. Um, he seems to have taken a lot of that on board now after the when it first immediately happened he kind of tried to plead ignorance um he's gone away i know he had quite a few meetings with brad fitler who was interested in him for state of origin and um he had a bit of soul searching and it seems to be working he's been fantastic for them and um it's going to be quite a good talent for them in the future on the other side of things jack whiten i think was the raiders best back scoring two tries and seven tackle breaks He's really been a standout for the Raiders in the probably the last six, seven weeks um, coming back. And he's just such a, a dynamic threat and attack. Um, for a big body um, half, he's just causing trouble all over the place. And I think if the Raiders do want to go far in playoffs, they're going to have to focus a lot of their attack through him. Um, they are building and they still have a shot at the top four. Uh, all depends on this week's game. Um Really, they need to beat the Warriors and beat them well to cement a place in the top four. Dragons, unfortunately for them, their only bright spot was the effort from their rookie winger, Cody Ramsey. He um, actually scored a try on his, with his first touch of the ball in the 17th minute in this game, scored a, a second one not that long after, and then had a third one disallowed before half time. His Dragons definitely have a talent on their hands, and um, it will give Dragon fans a lot of hope moving into the campaign next year if they can get him involved a lot more. The second game on Saturday saw the Titans defeating the Broncos 18-6. to 
the horror season for the Broncos continues, and this was actually the first time in the Titans' history that they've defeated Brisbane twice in one season. Um, the score being only 18-6 didn't really reflect the dominance the Titans had, and Ash Taylor, he really had a field day out there and looks to be enjoying football again, which is good to see because he, he missed some time last year um, with a bit of um, mental health concerns. So it's good to see him turn it around. David Feeder was really the only highlight for the Broncos. And unfortunately, that's probably a highlight for the Titans as well, since he's going to be wearing their jersey next year. Um, Gold Coast, I like what I see from uh, from the Gold Coast. And I think playoffs next season is almost guaranteed, in my opinion. I think, I don't know how deep they'll go, but I think a top eight finish, um, you could safely put money on. Um, I think really for the Broncos, unfortunately, their lack of confidence, uh, they haven't won a game and it almost feels like forever. Um, that lack of confidence um, shows through errors. They um, they made plenty of errors and I think, to be honest, all of them, I think all of them there will just be um, hoping that um, the season will be over sooner rather than later. I think they'd be very happy if it was just all over right now. It's not really much more we can say about this match other than it's good to see the Titans play some expansive football and I'm going to look forward to seeing how they go next year. And yeah, can the Bulldogs win one more game? I really hope so. I think I think the Broncos, um, deservedly so, have been the worst team in the NRL this year. And if it wasn't for their, their wins before COVID happened, um, I think they would be safely at the bottom, but I'm just not sure if the Bulldogs have it in them to get one more win. But um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for them. Another game on Saturday was the Roosters defeating the Knights 42-12. to uh, It was really one-way traffic as the Roosters cruised to victory over the Knights. Uh, the Knights rested a few players, uh, mainly uh, Kalen Ponga, and it hurt them in this game. But in all honesty, they know they're going to be in the, the playoffs and they need Ponga to be 100%. And the last few weeks, Ponga's been getting hammered by defense uh, by the other teams. So um, I think they need him 100% if they want um, to go deep into the playoffs. I don't think they will because they, um, in this game even, they struggled to make a dent in the Roosters' defense. And on defense themselves, they struggled to wrap up the Roosters' ball runners, which saw the Roosters just run rampant with second-phase football. A uh, big talking point in this game is Boyd Cordner. He had an emotional week. His cousin actually passed away on Friday um, after having emergency brain surgery following a head knock in a league game in Newcastle. Um, he also left the field um, early himself with a head knock of his own. He's been out six weeks this season with concussion-ruled injuries. And um, so this isn't a good look. And I think the Roosters and Cordner himself might need to, to take a step back and have a look and assess if it's time for him to call it a day. He's a very talented footballer, but um, the rate of his head knocks is actually a concern. And you've got to have um, a healthy life after football. So I'm sure he doesn't want to end it that way, but he's, he's won two grand finals in a row. And um, I think this could be a good swan song for him if he, he decided to wrap it up now. 
Okay, and we're going to have to wait and see. Um, pride's a big thing for a lot of these players, and I think someone might have to step in and say, you've got to think about more than just being a footballer. Um, Sonny Bill, we were a bit harsh on him last week. He actually got more minutes this week, and um, he played about 30 and played quite a quite a big part in the, the game, causing plenty of um, headaches on the right edge. Uh, Roosters had 19 offloads in total, and he contributed three of them in his time. Um, Roosters are building, and a three-peat could still be on the cards, and um, I still think the Panthers are going to do it, like I said earlier, but I think the Panthers-Roosters would be a hell of a grand final to watch, and um, it's really just watching their uh, the Roosters' momentum and how dangerous they actually are. First game on Sunday was the uh, the Storm defeating the Cowboys 36-20. It was Cameron Munster's birthday, and he celebrated with two tries, and it was actually the Storm's 11th win in a row against the Cowboys. Um, it's the old cliche, but the, the big boys at the front did the damage. Um, Nelson Solomona, I think, had one of his top, top games for the Storm this year. Um, played over 150 games and still only 24. Your front rowers generally don't build in to their form until they're about 28, 29. So he's got meant to be getting a, a few years away from hitting his prime, which is scary for anyone that isn't a Storm fan. Um, but yeah, it's again another top tier team that's building momentum as playoffs loom. Cowboys, unfortunately, their defense was their issue. Um, but then newly acquired coach Todd Payton um, is quite capable of fixing defense, judging by how the Warriors have turned around this year. So I'm sure that's on his to-do list when he gets the gets to move over there and have a go at um, being a like full-time head coach. And um, I think brighter days could be in their future, judging by the flair on attack that they showed. Um, Valentine Holmes, Scott Drinkwater, and their rookie. Um, Missy Tabao Fado looked dangerous. Um, it's really just getting the basics right, I think, will go a long way to making the Cowboys a bit more competitive. And Fidel is a, a star in the making, and if they can get him into open space more often than not, it's going to be hard to see anyone to um, be able to stop him from crossing that line. That leads to uh, the last game of the round, which is the Warriors losing to the Sharks 22-14. to 14. Um, it's, uh, oh, it's hard to even describe it. It was a heartbreaking uh, match for the Warriors. They're officially now out of the eight. This loss actually stopped playoff hopes for three teams with um, the, the Manly and um, the Tigers still hoping that a Sharks loss here could give them a bit of a a chance to sneak in. The Warriors, again, for the second week in a row, had a slow start. They were down 12-0. They did fight back and got to a 14-12 lead in the final 20 minutes, but the Sharks kept plugging away, and the Warriors actually looked a bit fatigued towards the end of the game. And once they showed a bit of fatigue, uh, the Sharks started running out of dummy half, and um, the Warriors just couldn't keep up. Uh, Tony, uh, Toby Rudolph actually scored the, basically you could say the match winner in the 73rd minute. And, um, it was ironic that it was him that scored given that he was going to be a warrior next season and then did a, a back switch, um, a little backflip citing family reasons to stay with the Sharks. Um, 
he's been quite strong for them this year and um i'm sure sharks will be very happy that he's sticking around um sean johnson it was his first game in the nrl as a captain and he was strong again he added two more trices to uh keep his nrl leading tally nice and healthy i don't see anyone else getting past him this year um warriors i thought were very valiant in this effort but they would just be missing um they just missed too many opportunities they gave away far too many penalties and made too many errors um not sure if it was just a one-off or if it's the season that's been um so hard for them this year maybe it's catching up to them the closer they get to the finish line maybe some of them just i don't know have their minds on other things don't want to obviously say that without any proof but um yeah hopefully they they've got two games left they can put some big efforts in and um yeah as you said there jordan said the season's over for them i think um throughout the week i've seen a lot of reporters were actually quite upset that the warriors lost this game because it's been quite a, a exciting story to follow um a team with so much against them still striving and still having a chance if they had made the playoffs this year it would have been a fantastic story to write about um on their effort though i thought jack murchie peter hiku to harris and roger to um had all big strong showings jack murchie is really um come come right the last few weeks he he had a a few um poor games back when he was regularly in the side and got dropped but since he's come back in the side he's been one of their strongest forwards um shows quite a bit of attacking flair for a big unit loves to get up and try to catch kicks so um i'm excited to see what he does in the ongoing seasons with the warriors um peter hiku did another one of his hiku special passes um very happy to see him still be sticking around for next year and um roger i i think he i read an interview with todd payton who said that his he's been getting better and better the closer he's getting to getting home he um at the start of the season he was a bit frustrated and out of his element being away from his family and his 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 young baby but the closer he's getting to home the stronger he's being which is good good to see and um i think he thoroughly deserves to come home as soon as he can i know people were talking about where uh, the Warriors are out of the playoffs, let them come home now. Um, the flights, the problem is the flights to get back from Australia to New Zealand, if he tried to get out now, he couldn't actually get on a flight to after the Warriors flight home after the season. So it's actually better for him just to stick around um, if anyone was wondering why they're going to make them stick around. Um, as we've said, they're not a chance of the playoffs, but I think they've played well above their weights. Um, their expectations this year were very low. Uh, a lot of the pundits across the ditch were talking about them being the wooden spoon, and um, it's good to see that hasn't happened. And um, I think the biggest thing they're going to need to do, and Nathan Brown is going to have to do, is make sure that all the hard work they've done this year flows into next season. Um, odds are they're going to be stuck in Australia for the whole season again next year. But they've got more time to prepare more time to make sure everyone's families are over so you don't have players wanting to come home and um yeah 
makes me quite confident in next year. I think there's some good signs coming, um, some good players. If you can throw in Fanua Blake, if he decides to sign with them, that's another great addition. Um, they could be a dangerous team. Um, before we go into uh, the table, we'll just say on the Sharks, I don't think they have enough in the tank to last long in the playoffs, and I'm predicting them getting knocked out in the first round. So um, before we go into the table, Paul, I'll just talk about the picks. So Sanjay and I both made the same picks last week, and we got seven from eight, but the only game we got wrong was the Warriors losing. So our totals, Sanjay is on 88 out of 120, and I'm on 94 out of 120. So two rounds ago, I'm fairly certain I'm going to take it out. Um, but he tried, so that's good. So um, if we can bring up the table, Paul, we'll just have a quick look. Cheers for that. So um, it's all done and dusted. The top eight are the eight that are going into the playoffs. The only thing we can really discuss is what order they'll be in. Um, so right now the top four are the Panthers, the Storm, the Roosters, and the Eels. Um, I think basically Panthers and Storm, I think, are locked in for first and second. I don't see the Storm getting past the Panthers there. Um, the real battle is going to be for third and fourth with the Roosters and Eels sitting there right now with the Raiders, Rabbitohs, Knights, and Sharks sitting in the, the bottom half of the top eight. Um, Raiders have a shot at getting into the four. The Eels haven't really been performing that well. Um, so I think they're probably the biggest bet to uh, jump out of the top four when the Raiders go in. So I think Sharks will probably stay down in the eighth because their last two games are brutally tough, and I think the Knights don't have enough in them to sneak up. So I think really the only switch we're going to see there is the Eels and Raiders switching. So um, before I go into our predictions for next week, do we have any questions, Paul, from, from the crowd? Yeah, a couple of a couple of things. Um, Jordan says thoughts on uh, Graham uh, Ainsley's shakeup to uh, change how the bunker will operate. Um, ironically, after a Sydney team fell victim, but not the Warriors. Yeah, I had a good laugh about. It. I was going to say if it didn't happen to uh, any team other than the Roosters, he probably wouldn't have said anything. But the moment something went against the Roosters, everything has to change. Um, it is it is ironic, but. Changes do need to be made, so it's probably good that a team at the NRL probably have a little bit of favoritism um, against it when against them, so things would actually happen. If it was just the Warriors or the Broncos or any of those teams that you'd put towards the bottom, having things go against them would probably still have the same um, stuff. So I don't know exactly what he's going to do to shake it up. I know he had some ideas, but he hasn't really set anything in stone. I know, I think from this week, um, there's going to be one referee in the bunker and they used to have former players in there and they've actually taken that out because they've deemed that it might be a conflict of interest for a, a person that was a, a former player sitting in there making decisions, potentially against a team he doesn't like. Um, so, yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't happen a bit sooner, especially with some horrible calls against the Warriors earlier in the year. But... At least it's getting looked at. Um, you mentioned there that uh, that the Warriors are probably going to be over in Australia again next year, uh, and then and that uh, they have more time um, having uh, sort of to, to prepare for that. 
do you think it might be the odd Australian bass player who thinks, actually, you know, what? I'll, 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 I'll have a one-year contract with the Warriors. I don't have to move over to New Zealand. I can actually just live in Australia anyway. Um, so you think there's, a, there's perhaps one or two players they could pick up for a, on a one-year contract? I think so. I think that is another reason why the Fenua Blake signing could actually be a possibility because right now you can say, join us. We're not going to be in New Zealand. Um, odds are they're going to be in Redcliffe um, in Queensland because that's the, the home of their now um, feeder club. So I see them being there. So if he does just want to get out of Sydney, go to Queensland for a year, if he likes what he sees, stick with them and come back to New Zealand. Not sure. But, yeah, I think a, a few players that are uh, looking for a team might be more interested in the Warriors if they're stuck in Australia. Why not Tamworth? They should be in Tamworth for the next season, actually play all their and have, have Tamworth as being actually their home ground. Um, not very big. Okay. Um, then we, one we talked about sort of very briefly after the show last week was that um, at the time with the Warriors sacking the head coach, a lot of us a lot thought, hey, look, with the whole COVID thing, with the kind of all, all the issues that he had uh, off the field, that it was harsh um, getting rid of him. Having seen how the Warriors have turned around their season and their performances since he's left and they had, they had the uh, um, Todd Payton in charge, do you think actually in the end, in retrospect, it was a good idea to get rid of the head coach? Or do you still think um, that look do, doing that kind of thing to a, to a guy during the whole COVID and having all the issues he had to deal with was, um, was a tad harsh? Yeah, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Um, I... For a few years now, I've been saying that Stephen Cooney needed to go. Um, I still think it was the right decision to let him go. I just wasn't happy with how they did it. Mm -hmm. um, I think at the end of last year was the perfect time to to say, this isn't working, let's move on and do something else. Um, so I still think that should have been the right call. Um, at the time when we talked about it, it also looked like it could be the end of the Warriors season that they could just completely fall apart. But as we've seen, they they responded quite strongly and um, have been playing well. So, yeah, in hindsight, it seems like it was a, a great call. The only problem is they, they couldn't get the guy that's turned around to stick around. So yeah. um, that's a yeah. bit unfortunate. But, yeah, I think in hindsight, I still don't agree with the way they did it, but I agree with the decision they made. Right. Uh, Ryan Hibbard, yeah, makes a point. There's not a lot of off-contract talent to... Uh... To come to, to join for just a season anyway. So, um, except for Benji Marshall, of course. And, uh, <laughs> we don't need Benji. We don't need Benji. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. So, yeah. Um, you know, have a look at, look at uh, the next round then? Yeah, I'll jump into that now. So, uh, round 19, um, it starts tomorrow night with the Rabbitohs paying $1.10 against the Bulldogs, paying $7. Um, I don't know what Sanjay's going to pick, but I would assume he would be going with the Rabbitohs, and that's the decision I've made. Rabbitohs are just too strong, and the Bulldogs, unfortunately, without foreign, um, just lack that attacking spark, and their defense is a bit suspect. Friday night's first game is the Cowboys, paying $6 against the Panthers, paying $1.13. No need to really talk about that. Panthers will win that one. Uh, last game on Friday night is the Eels paying $1.12 against the Broncos, paying $6.50. Eels haven't looked that great this year, but uh, well, the this last few rounds, but the, the Broncos haven't looked good all year, so Eels will win that one. 
Uh, first game on the sad day is the Seagulls paying $1.44 against the Titans paying two eighty. Um, this one here will be an interesting clash. Um, either side could win it, but I'm going with Seagulls on this one. Um, I know I've said I wouldn't go against the Titans anymore, but I've decided why not give it one more go. Um, the middle game on Saturday is the Storm playing the Tigers. Uh, pretty one-sided there as well, so I'm going with the Storm. Uh, last game on Saturday night is the Roosters paying $1.09 against the Sharks, $7.50. Um, don't want to be um, insulting to the Warriors, but if the Sharks could just squeak a win over the Warriors, they don't have a chance against the Roosters, so I'm going with the Roosters on this one too. Uh, first game on Sunday is the Rams paying $1.15 against the Warriors, $5.50. Um, unfortunately, I'm a Warriors fan, but I'm going with the Raiders here. I think the Raiders have been showing some good form, and the Warriors actually, they're flying out to Canberra in the morning of the game and arriving two hours before kickoff, which I don't think is going to help them. Um, so I'm hoping for a, another um, valiant effort from them, but I don't think they're going to get the win. And then the last game to wrap up the round is the Knights paying $1.39 against the Dragons, paying $3. Um, Dragons have looked good at, in patches, and the Knights um, haven't been that great, but they've got Ponga in that back, so I'm going with the Knights. So yeah, just to wrap up my picks there, I'm going with the Rabbitohs, the Panthers, the Eels, the Seagulls, the Storm, the Roosters, the Raiders, and the Knights. Yeah, it's mainly a top eight versus bottom eight, isn't it? Really, on this one, the, um, there's the the one. I guess the game of the round um, might be a, a a bottom of the table clash. It doesn't really matter, but um, that Sea Eagles versus Titans looks like being the most uh, evenly contested game. I think so. Um, yeah, this weekend. Yeah, and before we go, we've got um, our overseas news. Um, don't have too much on the Super League front, except that Super League have decided to change how their table is um, going to be calculated. So rather than just getting points for wins, they actually decided it's going to be by a points percentage for the season. The way that works is it's the number of wins you get um, divided by the number of games you've played. So... Um, that is all due to COVID, basically. Not all teams have had the same amount of games played. Um, so, and this has already jumbled up the, the ladder. Um, here we go here. So um, it's actually different from that now. Um, as we see, unfortunately, they haven't updated it properly there yet. Um, Catalan Dragons are actually at the top of the ladder now because they've won five games out of seven. And um, basically everyone else you see there has just moved down one. Um, be interesting to see. I I understand it. I don't like it because my Wigan team's gone down. But um understand that you if you won all your games and you only played six and you're behind because someone got to play more, it's a bit unfair. Um, it shouldn't really affect who's in the playoffs because all the teams are still around the same area. Um, but yeah, interesting. I think they said the last time they had to do this was 96. So um, be interesting to see it. Hopefully we'll have a clearer idea of what they're actually doing for next next week's show. And then... Um, I can't find any tables that actually have changed. <laughs> but you can see why, can't you? The, yeah, that um, COVID, certain, certain teams haven't been able to play their games. Yeah, no exactly. Time, no time to play those postponed games. 
Yeah, and um, I think they are putting a rule in where there's a minimum amount of games you have to play to make the playoffs. Um, and yeah, like Simon said, there's no Super League this week, but Challenge Cup. Um, so hopefully I can have some results for how the Challenge Cup went for next week's show. Um, and then before we go, we'll talk about uh, women news. We've actually got a little bit there. Ricky Henry has been announced as the new coach for the Kiwi Ferns. And flowing on from that, the Kiwi Ferns are celebrating their 25th anniversary this year by hosting Samoa in this year's only test at Mount Smart Stadium on the 7th of November. It's a double header with um, Tonga battling Niue as well. Um, going to be the only top-class rugby league played in New Zealand this year, so hopefully they get some good crowd. And, um, yeah, hopefully... Um, I know last time the Kiwi Ferns played Samoa, they won quite quite handsomely. So hopefully it's more of the same in November. But yeah, it'll be good. I have haven't got to go to a, a live game all year, so I'm definitely putting this in my calendar and I'm gonna go watch it. And ladies and gentlemen, that's actually all we have tonight. Um so thank you for joining me, Paul. Thank you for your assistance um without Sanjay here. And remember to um if you want your weekly update on rugby league, tune into the podcast um, here on Facebook or go to iHeartRadio and search for New Zealand Sport Radio. So uh, thank you for, for being here with me tonight and I'll talk to you all next week. Good night. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.